Breakaway fans, welcome to another special um, 12.26 a.m. edition of Bushwick Breakaway. Hello, Lehman. Yo, has been fired. Gregory, mm. good morning. Le- legit. Thought my alarm was going off. I, I rolled over in bed. Yeah, you're yawning Dude, right now. I'm not even yawning. I'm like, I'm, I'm too tired to yawn. As I sip my I, beverage. Yeah, I, le- I legit rolled over and did the finger tap on the phone where normally the snooze button is. I was like, why, why isn't... Why is anything why going can't off? I snooze? But because Ed Lehman, yo, is no longer the coach. I oh need to wake god. up. Oh my god. Um first of all, yep. Fucking weird that they do it in the middle of the night. What what what, what is gained by this? Well, I think you're trying to squash the news. I actually don't I don't have a good idea. I thought they would do I, it on Monday. Yeah. So I I, so my reaction is they they knew they were going to do it. They obviously waited until after the game. I didn't watch the post-game press conference, but apparently A.B. had some pretty choice words. Yeah, it was classic A.V. It was, um, I'm proud of our coaching staff. We've done a great job. We've been able to develop these kids. Blah, blah, blah. Hoody, hoody, hoody. I was My able farts to... smell great. I was able to gaping oh, fuck Buchnevich this season. It's... Okay. I, I mean, let's let's get down to the, the bare bones of this, right? Yeah, um, and that was a little crass of me to say that. I'm sorry about that. Ah, who cares? Okay. It's fucking twelve twenty six a.m. You're drunk. I'm. I'm not sleeping. No. <laughs> um, the bare bones of this is right. We've been saying how long have we been saying that this entire rebuild would have been deemed useless if Elaine Vigneault was kept as head coach, and uh, that's true. I think we said that maybe the second or third episode of the entire season. I think we started realizing we were rebuilding around the third week. Well, I mean, I've been wanted. I've wanted Elaine Vigneault to be fired ever since the Rangers got railroaded by the Penguins two years ago. That's correct. You were very early on this on this bandwagon. Yeah, you were a I, it is. It is a relief that um, we weren't the only ones that saw the writing on the wall. Kind of makes us feel like we we know what we're doing a little bit. Well, don't go that far. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't really know. This is the Rangers needed to do this, and at the same time. It makes sense, I, you know, as much as I don't like it and wish they fired him sooner, I, I, I guess I understand a little bit of the... Um, Why, the weight, want, the being yeah. the professional, buttoned-up Rangers organization they always are. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Oh, it's I, okay. I, it's all right. I'll, I'll make up for it. Throw stuff around in, uh, in my room a little bit because I didn't even bother turning the lights on to do this. Or have um, wearing your glasses, so you're literally sitting in the dark. Dude, because it's <laughs> I'm working three hours. This is, um, I oh, but I will say our Twitter was blown up. Like, wake up, Greg! Wake up, Greg! Wake up, Greg! And I was like, no, no, we'll make a decision tomorrow. And then you texted me. Here we are. Yeah, well, uh, Mazel. I I'm just gonna I'm gonna peep this full release real quick as we are on the podcast. It's uh, it's a relief. It not. Elaine Vigneault, I'm sure, personally, is a fine human being. As a gum-chewing head coach, he was ass. I don't think that's unfair to say. No, it's not unfair at all, as I chew my Reese's Pieces in celebration. Um, 34th coach. So the next guy is going to be the 35th coach in Rangers. How about that? Mike Richter, Mike Richter. Um, You think Richter? No, what am I? No. Oh, number 35? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do there. That's interesting. Okay. Um, Thank you. So we're not going to get into the specifics of who we think the next coach is going to be. 
But it is strange that, I mean, we'll have an episode coming out in like three days where we'll kind of go more deep in depth in this. Mm. But I think we lean towards the Leafs minor league coach. Kind of have for a couple months now. We'll, sure. We'll, I think we also lean towards a uh, certain analyst that appears quite often on MSG. Or maybe, uh, a, particular, maybe a particular captain who might have won a cup with the Rangers before. Um, oh, that'd be interesting. That would be interesting. I and that well, I'm not going to speculate yet. No, we got we're going to have all summer to speculate until they decide to announce a replacement. But um, so, so let's it, let's put a bow, you know, over the next ten minutes on Elaine uh, Vigneault's tenure. Sure. You know, he came in. I did a lot, doing a lot of you know right now, mm. calling myself out. Mm. He came in, took a very successful, talented team. To a, to a on a long playoff run, went to a Stanley Cup final, lost a heartbreak to the Kings, lost a heartbreaking Game Seven to the Lightning, got railroaded by the Penguins, mismanaged an Ottawa series, and then one of the most unentertaining Ranger se- seasons in recent history, uh, where things could it was doomed from the start. We both agree there, right? Yeah, and I think it's important. <laughs> As many people have realized as they've gone on this ride with us for a very long time, we've been fire AV, but it's important to realize that for a little bit there, it did work and it worked quite well. Um, Elaine Vigneault was, I don't know if he was, I don't know if the perfectly suited coach for this team's cup run and Eastern Conference finals run. Um, the, King, his, the Kings it, were better than us when we lost. Sure, and if Matt Zuccarello doesn't get injured, I think Elaine Vigneault might have his name on a Stanley Cup if Matt Zuccarello doesn't get hurt. If if Ryan McDonough's foot is not broken and Matt Zuccarello doesn't lose the ability to speak from getting hit in the head by a puck, I believe we can we could beat the Blackhawks. Yeah, beat the Lightning. I so it's important for us to pour one out a little bit for the fact that there was a zenith to Elaine Vigneault. As it, much as we hate his gum chewing head. And as much as this whole podcast has been about destroying and ripping that guy a new one and all the questionable decisions he's made over the years, and he's really based us I, – I, I got to thank Vigneault for one thing more than anything else. Thank you so much for all the content. You made it so easy. You really well, I, did. The reason – I think it's important for us to investigate a little bit why we hate Elaine Vigneault, and it's, it's, it, it comes down to an inability to adjust, and it comes down to an inability to – uh, change his style when it's necessary. Elaine Vigneault is a sports car that is going 85 miles an hour down the freeway, um, enjoying the summer air and wind in his hair. But the change oil light came on and he ignored it and the car started breaking down. And instead of taking the car into the shop, he was telling everybody, this is fine. We're going to just keep going and see what happens. And naturally the car it broke. Yeah. And not, no no change was made. And then when the car broke, instead of saying or taking any kind of responsibility for the fact that he could possibly have something to do with the fact that the car is now broken, he just kept saying, not my fault. I was just doing what I always do. Yeah. No, this is my coaching style. You don't understand. Yeah. But he I, didn't. He didn't. He never adjusted defensively. No, his, and, his and system, always stayed to the guys he liked personally. And, and that was very clear. It couldn't be more clear. Right. It um, was like I trust this veteran player who I know personally 
will do exactly what I tell him to do. He will not be the the I, he may not be the more talented player, but I will play him. Yeah, and it's the most damning comments he had in his post game was when he was talking about player development, and he very clearly he he didn't I, the in. <sighs> He didn't most of the time, right? I, I guess we have to give well, again. Give me, not he, he didn't he didn't stunt everyone's development. Kevin Hayes is a better hockey player today than he was when he signed with the New York Rangers. That's true, but is that AV's doing? I guess we that, have to give him that's some credit. Question. It it could be would would Kevin Hayes have made this jump without Elaine Vigneault as his head coach? Possibly. Um, it's, it's also, you look at, I mean, how many times have we've talked about Pavel Buchnevich? He could be in a different spot professionally in his career today. If he had a different head coach utilizing his abilities for better or um, for worse, but probably for better. I would assume so. You have to JT Miller had a great run with the Rangers. It always felt like you left a lot of room that it could have been more. Um, well, and that's partially why the, way, the Rangers traded him. You're sort of seeing them more now. Well, I'm, it's, it's one it's, of those it's unfair. Things, right, he's, where, on, he's on an insane line. It's unfair. Yeah, it, it's one of those weird things where yes, JT Miller is blossoming, but also JT Miller is blossoming with Nikita Kucherov and two, Steve. Two Stankos. of the top ten players in the NHL. There you go. Um, player development was a problem with Elaine Vigneault. It's just when the Rangers had a more veteran core. When Dan Girardi wasn't um, a walking zombie, but that that's going to win his Stanley Cup this year. When Mark Stahl wasn't a walking zombie and Albatro- as well, and, and Albatross contract, stay, right? When um, Hank was in his prime, I when this team had guys like Brad Richards and Martin Martin St. Louis, when this guy had Derek Stepan as his young up and comer who was serving the perfect role for this Rangers team. Rick Nash, who was serving the perfect role for this Rangers team, there was there was promise. Even when that team was intact, though, it was easy to see the cracks starting to form. The fact that Keith Yandel never flourished in a Lane Vino system is a huge indictment. Uh, well, you could say the same thing about Eric Stahl. I think that's very. I mean, Eric Stahl went to Minnesota and became. Can you can you say a star player? I mean, he's one of their best offensive players. And yep. we used him in in no way like that. Well, it this is the thing about Eric Stahl is I, it, it's Elaine Vigneault deserves some fault for taking a very talented scoring center and trying to play him on a third line wing, but at the same time, that was also a trade that never needed to be made. It, the Rangers, it was a redundancy move. The team needed to add defense, and for whatever reason, decided that the solution to all their problems was trying to add more scoring as opposed to trying to take scoring off the board. Eric Stahl, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm angry at Elaine Vigneault for screwing up Eric Stahl while I was here. At the same time, management, there are questions to be asked about why they even made that trade. It felt like they made that trade because Eric Stahl simply said he wanted to come to New York. Yeah, and they were like, two seconds, okay. Um, well, two seconds in it, Sorella. Sorella's quite good. Um, it's a bummer. But... S- yeah, no, Elaine Vigneault served the role. He was he was at his peak. He could have won a Stanley Cup with the New York Rangers. And when we look back on it, I I think you and I 
have morphed into the mindset where probably should have won one. And, oh. if, and if we did win one, I wonder how different these conversations would be. But at the same time, I'm I'm not so much of a coach loyalist. Like, thank you for winning me a championship, but I, I like to live in the here and now. And I say this at no, I take this back. Bobby Valentine can coach the Mets anytime he wants. <laughs> um, yeah, I just it's the the writing was on the wall. He Elaine Vino for all purposes failed as head coach of the New York Rangers this year. And honestly, should have been fired last off last season when the Rangers couldn't beat the Ottawa Senators in the playoffs. And now they're that, gonna pay him for, for another year. They are. They we it. said it, we said it when the extension was signed. And I I Ryan, correct me if I'm wrong. I remember you saying, I kind of get it. And I was being like, why are we doing this? Because I kind of get it because teams don't do lame duck contracts. They just don't. They don't leave lame duck coaches. Yeah, some do. Who? Terry Collins was a lame duck manager all of last season. Uh, Terry kind of knew he was, he was an older man, though. If the Mets made the playoffs last year, Terry Collins is the New York Mets manager. We're today. not getting into Mets right now, but yes. No. Right. I'm, I'm, it, I'm sorry. My brain naturally seizes I, I, up I, I at 1240 at night. I, I understand also the Mets are 6-1, so you have every right to be excited. They're the best team in baseball. I'm trying not to talk about it, Ryan. Okay. We have all Monday to talk about All Monday this. to talk about that. Um, yeah, we're, like we said, it, it's irresponsible for us to even get into the waters of who the next Rangers head coach Absolutely. could be. Um, you guys are going to hear a lot of Sheldon Keith. You guys are going to hear a lot of us fanboy for Steve Valiquette. So, well, You're going to hear a lot about... Valiquette won't happen mostly because he's said he won't coach yet. Yeah, and a broadcaster to bench can work. It has worked in other sports. It will work again, but uh, I, I don't know if the Rangers are the organization that does something like that without first getting someone some run in either Hartford or somewhere else in the organization. Could you see Drury um, being the coach, out of curiosity? I, I've said that before. Yeah. I, I think it's totally possible. I think Drury, to his credit, wants to stay maybe more upstairs. Yep. Um, yeah, it could be. I, if you want to go former player route, I think there Mets, have I think, I think Larry Brooks I think is the one that Messier floated has to be St. The, Louis. Messier might have to be the answer there, by the way. Who, Messier? Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I think the game is kind of passed Messier by. I'm, I think there's I think I, there's I, a reason why the Rangers have never put Messier in a decision-making role. I do want to mention that now because I think Messier will come up a lot in the next couple of months. And you know who I don't want to hate and I don't want to shit on and I don't Mark want to Messier. rip apart on this podcast? Yeah, Mark Messier. It's Mark Messier. I don't ever want to do that. So if he could just not be head coach, because whoever the next head, co- head coach is – we're, we're going to celebrate them, and we're also going to rip them a new one. And I just don't want to rip them a new one in this podcast. It's going to be it's going to be interesting for sure. And it's important to realize this next head coach, whoever it is, is very much part of the rebuild process. We we said this thousands of upon thousands of times before on the podcast. The New York Rangers could not take their next step in the rebuild unless they made a change behind the bench. Here we and are. It was necessary. And they and, and you're right. We give credit where credit's due. They actually did the thing because I was wait. I was start. I don't know about. I know you weren't. I was I starting was not to worried. waver. I a was little not bit worried. There. But this is just classic Rangers. They don't. They don't. They don't say a fucking word. Now, if Lindy Ruff is a coach, we got a fucking problem. I I highly doubt it. 
I it, do too, but I'm just throwing it out like there. If if Elaine, the Rangers are smart enough to know that if Vino's getting fired, I think they're starting fresh. I don't think anyone on that coaching staff outside of Benoit Allaire is coming back. Yeah. And I don't consider Benoit Allaire part of the coaching staff. I basically consider him a player who is under a long-term deal. <laughs> He's a goalie who's under a long-term deal. Um, I agree with you. Yeah. And I mean, it's exciting. It, it's definitely, it's different. I, it's it's another thing that we're going to have to talk about all summer long. Absolutely. And you well, you tweeted earlier today from our account, even though you're the person who tweets everything, because uh, yep. I messed up when the Ranger game was when I was at the gym. That was smart. That was pretty good, right? Uh, you said, you know, usually when the season's over, you have some sort of melancholy or sadness. Yeah, usually and, I feel something. And I have to agree with you where I was like, wow, I don't feel anything. And I was like rooting for the Rangers to lose today because the fucking Islanders are idiots and Laos. Oh, that's the best. We'll get to that on Monday. Fair, but, fair being fair, the Rangers were very firmly on my third screen during their final game of the season this year. I was 100% watching the Mets first. I was watching the Masters second. Like, I, the, the Rangers were so the, – the result of today's game was so insignificant to me that the final game of the year, I was just like, oh, cool. I, I spent my day getting ready for the NYXL Overwatch League team because they're the best team I've ever watched in my life. So there you uh, go. Yeah, it's it's, and I I think the uh, the conclusion I came to really comes down to the fact that more than any other team I've rooted for, it feels like the Rangers have so much work to do. That sure the season is over, but it it really felt like a formality. It felt like this is the next thing we need to happen in order for us to continue this process we've started. And, uh, and, and this was the next step. And this, this was, was something we, we mentioned early on in the season where we, we said to each other, there's just something different about this Ranger team where I wasn't attached. I was attached those last three or four years. I, I became obsessed. I felt very strong emotions towards all those teams. And this year from the, from the fucking get-go, it was like, uh, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I just never loved this year's team. I love Pavel Buchnevich. All my goddamn heart, but it it definitely felt like even when things were going well and the Rangers were in a playoff spot, I don't remember either of us ever being overly optimistic about the product as a whole. No, and we even had a lot of experts come on this podcast and say we'd be like the wild card this year. Guess well, what? We're the last before the, last before the year. One hundred percent before the year started, you and I both said this was a playoff. Team. Oh, absolutely, and it should have been a playoff team. The roster was too good for it to not be a playoff team. But we also said we would lose why. the first round, which we would have if we yeah, were there. Yeah, neither of us were banking on a very long playoff run. We were saying the Rangers should make the playoffs, and then once you make the playoffs, it just depends how good Henrik Lundqvist is. Yes. Um, but even this year when the Rangers were in playoff positioning, all I can remember is being like, yeah, we won, but it's basically on the back of our goaltending. Like almost every time we were on this podcast, we're like, sure, we won a game, but it's because we're not giving up any goals because our goaltenders are getting left out to dry and they're just better than the opponents right now. I don't ever once, like last year, I remember there was a stretch where you and I were legitimately excited about um, the offensive production this team was putting together. We were thrilled with the likes of Michael Grabner, who was I mean, lighting it on the fire. Record, there was a- I still feel like we could have won a cup last year. And I know that sounds fucking ridiculous right now, but if we beat Ottawa we go, we, and we start playing Pittsburgh, I don't know. We have a pretty good record. Like, I mean, Pittsburgh destroyed us the year before, but 
I feel like it's a team I, I feel like we could have beaten. So I um, it's an it's an easy in hindsight thing to say because one, we should have beat Ottawa in five, and then two, we watched Ottawa take the Penguins to seven games. But the the Penguins, I honestly think would have railroaded us, unlike they were able to Ottawa just plays we'll, a slot. We'll never style. know. We'll never know. But right. and that, just, that's the point. The whole reason why we were angry about the Rangers bowing out is we didn't necessarily believe that team was a Stanley Cup winning team, but they should have gotten to the conference finals. And then once you get to the conference finals, literally anything can happen. And it's a missed opportunity. And then you go to play Nashville and then that's it. Let's see what happens. Right. Any Anything could have happened if the Rangers won that Senators series. And they didn't. And yeah. they didn't partially because of the deployment decisions made by the coaching staff. And uh, the Rangers I, that's have a now... huge part of it, by the way. Yeah, and the Rangers are now addressing that issue by getting rid of their coach. And whew, I um it's gonna be I I I've never I I, I never actually thought about what we were gonna start talking about on podcasts. I already people. posted on Twitter. I have no idea what our show show is about now. <laughs> I mean you did say the Mets are six and one. Uh, <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> um Yeah, it's and the Yankees are all dead, gonna, so the, yo, I told you, Neil Walker's a play. He, like he, I said it on this podcast. And you, and you were wrong. <laughs> uh, we'll get mon- come back Monday if you want to hear baseball talks. Yeah. Because um, that's going to happen. I, um, it, Tuesday it's morning, gonna, sorry. It's going to be, for lack of a better term, it's going to be fun. Um, the Rangers need to identify who their next coach is. We're going to be... My last point about this whole thing before I let you go back to sleep for two hours. Oh, that'd um, be great. Yeah, sorry. Is that I just think this is going to re-energize the entire franchise. It's something it, it, that this franchise needed. It needed a shot in the arm. The fan base, I think the ratings will go up now. I, I think now everyone knows we're all on the same page. Okay, we got it. we're getting a new coach. The, the rebuild starts officially now. Yeah, and I think every team that makes a coaching change gets that uh, new car rub a little bit. Uh, it's just a, it, you're always curious to see what the new guy can do whether you agree or not with the decision to whoever hire the new guy is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I think, I think Elaine Vino's tenure this season fractured the fan base a little bit. I, I, people were very clearly on two sides of the debate and there was no compromise. Um, our friend uh, Brandon Fitzpatrick tried his darndest to bridge that compromise towards the end a little bit. And just by simply trying to bridge it, people were giving him shit. And I think that in and of itself is enough evidence to the fact that it just, when a fan base is as fractured as the Ranger fan base became over Elaine Vino, and the product on the ice became so demoralizing, for lack of a better term, you just had to do something. And it's, it's, it's comforting to know the Rangers did. It would have been a huge black mark on Jeff Gordon and the entire front office if they didn't make a coaching change. At the same time, they have put the pressure completely on themselves. There's a big bullseye now on Jeff Gordon. He has to get this next coaching decision right because the future of the franchise and, and probably depends done, on it. Done soon. Do you think it happens before the draft? Because I do. Oh, I would say before the draft, yes. It would be stunning if this team uh if this team makes another trade or signing before they have a head coach. Cause in a way you have to have an idea as to what 
kind of system your coach will be putting in place before you can make a personnel decision. Uh, Unless there, I mean, there are two ways to go about a head coaching search. You either, you either bring a guy in and you allow him to deploy his system. And then you try and build a roster around that, or you bring a guy in to play the system you want him to play. But I don't know any head coach that would want to come in and, be immediately told you're going to do X, Y, and Z. No, because they want to have their own guys and have their own system. Right. So it it there are some teams that could do, we're going to do this, but those are usually teams that promote from within. The Rangers are not in a position to promote from within. No, so we, have, we have nobody to promote. I would, I would say by the end of the Stanley Cup final, the Rangers will have a coach in place. It's not going to be immediate. They're not going to have a coach next week. No. Um, but – the Rangers will have a coach before the NHL draft. And on that note, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast this whole season, for listening to us complain about Elaine Vigneault. Greg and I are thrilled to have a new coach on the way. I think that's fair. We, we shit on Elaine a lot. He did a lot for the team. Chewed a lot of gum. Rest in peace, all that gum. Jesus Christ. It's it is a it is a dark day for the New York gum industry, let me tell you. Absolutely. Production is down. And whatever happens next, wherever we go, just know that we'll probably flame the new guy. We'll probably flame him too. Not uh, everyone not everyone can be Mickey Calloway. No. But everyone could be Aaron Boone. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, we're out of here. Come back on Tuesday morning. We're going to have a longer podcast talking about everything. Got some nice guests coming up. Yeah, should we, should we yeah, say who? It. Yeah, go for uh, it. Alexa Grushchow making her return. The NWHL scoring champion and league winner, may I add. She's added a little silverware, so we have to bring her back on. Mm-hmm. And then we'll talk. We're going to talk a lot of Rangers with our buddy Hockey Stat Miner. Who is an amazing Twitter follow. Great Twitter follow. And he's probably listening to this right now and getting a little embarrassed. A little blush, a little blush. Um, Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast this season. I'm so glad he's gone. I couldn't be happier. At last. Greg, enjoy your two hours of sleep, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah, I'm going to go take a nap. I thought so. Love you all. Fire AV. Oh, wait. It's too late. Goodbye. Fired AV. Fired AV. Hashtag. Bye. You see it every day. The first dollar you earned from your first customer. Now it hangs on your wall at headquarters. A reminder of where you started and the promise of what's still to come. In part because you rely on Sandy Spring Bank to help you make the right choices on real estate and equipment loans, treasury management, and commercial services. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your business. Visit sandyspringbank.com business. Credit products offered by Sandy Spring Bank.